0: They're making Christian McCaffrey their bell cow pretty quickly. Yeah, eighty-one percent of snaps, twenty-seven opportunities. That includes that one pass that he threw for a touchdown. But the split was uh, eighteen carries for ninety-four yards and a goal line touchdown. He caught eight of nine targets for fifty-five yards and another another touchdown. By the way, that touchdown was awesome. His the one that he caught in the end zone. Like he ran out into the flat. He he like Jimmy G was kind of scrambling a little bit. He read the zone coverage. He ran into the end zone, and Jimmy G put it on him. Great catch. He looked like a wide receiver out there, right? Yeah. And then he threw that touchdown to Brandon Ayuk, uh, which was a little bit of a trick play. So he threw a touchdown, he ran into a touchdown, and he caught a touchdown, and that's the first player in a long-ass time to do that. 2005.
1: And I I I forget who the player was. I just saw that stat flying around. and We put out a post about it. That was 2005. It was LaDainian Tomlinson. Okay, that makes sense. Believe it. That makes sense. Yep. I mean, who else? Right. <laughs> this is the, you know, I don't want to say 21st century, but, you know, it's not that long ago that Ladanian Thompson was tearing it up. But this is the new wave uh, Thompson and Christian McCaffrey. We talked about, you know, his volume maybe going down. It didn't really happen. And, you know, his the actual quality of his touches has gone so far up. I mean, I'm not surprised by this at all. I, I didn't think 40 points was going to be what he did. I thought maybe, you know, like a solid day. Twenty-five points was going to be like what we saw, but yeah. Christian McCaffrey in this offense is just going to be ridiculous. Like he looked, yeah. he is the he's the best weapon, best offensive weapon in the NFL when he's healthy.
0: Is there any other running back for fantasy you'd rather have rest of season than Christian McCaffrey?
1: No. And that's an easy, easy answer. Just in this offense, you know, much more creative, much more fantasy conducive. Not just because you know the players on it are better, but the coaching is better, much more competent than it was in in, in Carolina. I, Christian McCaffrey's in a perfect position, and his value has skyrocketed even higher than it was when he was on the Panthers,
0: which is crazy. Now, if yeah. you drafted him at the one on one like we recommended, you're doing all right. But if you drafted the other guy, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. A consensus 101. You're not doing so great right now. Okay. Uh he had a fumble loss in that game. You know, he had a decent game on the ground, but didn't get a whole lot of volume, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the fumble kind of killed it for you. On top of that, he had a little bit of an ankle injury, right? And yep. he was getting that, that ankle taped up, so he was kind of in and out the game. Wasn't great. Hopefully, that ankle injury isn't serious and he's able to practice just fine this week and you know, kind of come through going forward. But as of right now, listen, I'm still starting Jonathan Taylor, right, as a yeah. I would say high end RB2 right now. Right? Cuz there's mm-hmm. a lot of good running backs that are, you know, worthy of that RB1 title right now. You got Travis Etienne moving up there. You have Damien Pierce moving up there, even though he didn't have a great game, but he's up there, right? You mm-hmm. have Kenneth Walker moving up there. You have, you know, Alvin Kamara, you have Joe Mixon, you have all these guys, you know, between the RB6 and the RB12. You know those guys are going to move up and down. But Jonathan Taylor, right now, he hasn't been able to get it done. But still starting him, not selling him, right? Uh, I'm even if you if you have a good record and you can afford to buy him, I'd even buy him because I would not be surprised if he has a late season run where he has six games of like just absolutely just tearing it up, right? It's possible. But as of right now, you know, it's it hasn't been great. So, what are your thoughts on Jonathan Taylor overall moving forward? out of this game.
1: Very disappointing game. You know, this was supposed to be a pretty good matchup. You know, Washington defense isn't very good. And they were on a two-game win streak, but this isn't a very good team. I think Jonathan Taylor should have had a better day than he did. Um, obviously, the injury hurts. You know, he did lose a fumble, and he didn't get anything done through the pa- in the passing game. So that definitely pulled his numbers down a bit. But um, I'm not going to bet against Jonathan Taylor, personally. Like I said, I said this. I've been preaching this, I think, the past few weeks now. That Jonathan Taylor has always come out slow a little bit and they he heats up during the second half of the season. I'm counting on that again. Until I if we get to like week, if we get to Thanksgiving and he hasn't had a game or two, then I'd worry. But at this point, you know, I'm not starting him as anything less than you know what I drafted him to be. If he's if I draft him to be my RB one, you know, chances are I don't have anybody else to be my RB one. I'm gonna start him there. I think he has that upside. He just hasn't been hitting it because A, you know, he obviously he's been banged up, and B, because this Colts offense just is not very good. The touchdown upside is not really there at this point. So I, I think that I'm not encouraged by what I'm seeing from Jonathan Taylor, but I'm holding out hope. I'm going, I'm not at the point where it's like I'm holding out hope and things are terrible and I'm not thinking it's going to turn around. I think it's going to turn around. I think it's going to. But at this point, you just have to start him and hope that he has a, a, a good day.
0: Damian Harris, he made a little bit of a dent. In Reminder Stevenson's uses just a little bit. Um, Stevenson played on 63% of snaps in this game. Uh, and they did split early down work basically right down the middle, uh, as long as at least snaps, you know, when it comes to snaps, and, and they rotated by drive. Um, Stevenson was their passing down guy, so he will continue to get the edge over Damian Harris, and he ended up catching seven of eight targets for 72 yards, in addition yeah. to his 71 yards on the ground. So he's gonna continue to get work, you know, and if this type of role continues you know he's going to be a solid to high end rb2 play every single week. Now, that's assuming that these targets, you know, continue to come, right? Mm-hmm. Um and if they do great. If they don't, you know, you're looking at more of a solid rb2 rather than like the high end rb2. Um but I just don't think as long as Damien Harris is healthy and if if is only getting like 63% of snaps in that range, he's not the rb1 play anymore. Uh but you know, he's still a very solid fantasy asset. He still scored, you know, 20 PPR fantasy points for you this week. Uh, This is just to kind of keep in mind, you know, what's happening in that backfield. And then Damian Harris is kind of still a part of that backfield after him coming back and him being removed from the hamstring injury for about a week now.
1: Right. And if I had a reminder, Stevenson, yeah, it sucks. to see Damian Harris get a little bit more work. You know, we saw what he could be when he gets the whole workload, but he still isn't bad. He's still clearly head and shoulders I think above Damian Harris at this point he's getting majority of the receiving work I'm happy starting him every week as an rb2 with rb1 upside and chances are you were starting him at rb1 as like an rb1 you know just because that's just how it shook out
0: like I don't think anybody drafted him he's been finishing as an rb1 like every single week oh yeah you know what I'm saying so like like for me to say like oh he's rb2 like uh is he really (laughs) so (laughs) so it's like every week
1: yeah I'm relating to like where did I draft him i Chances are, even though there's a lot of hype coming around, you know, his name, you know, we, we know the Patriots offense is a little bit handicapped. Um, it's not that explosive. So, chances are you had Ramondre Stevenson, you're thinking, okay, best case scenario, he's an RB2. He's producing yeah. like an RB1. You're not... Okay, Damian Harris got a couple carries. He got a couple catches. Big deal. Ramondre Stevenson, like I said, still head and shoulders above him. I'm not worried about it at all. Ramondre Stevenson's the guy.
0: I, I was talking about the Colts offense, and I, and I didn't hit on Michael Pittman yet, uh, or, or Sam Ellinger. So, Ellinger was really focused on these outside wide receivers for the most part. Paris Campbell didn't get he only got a, you know maybe a couple targets in this game, but Michael Thomas still saw nine targets for a 41% target share. Alec Pierce saw uh, five targets for a 23% target share. So those are the guys that he was going after. Uh opposed to Paris Campbell who only had two targets. So Paris Campbell, you know, had a solid game because he you know he was pretty efficient on his catches and he had that one long run as well. Yeah. Uh but It seems to me like, you know, the good thing is here, you know, even though Michael Pittman didn't have a big day in terms of receiving yardage, at least he got the receptions and at least Sam Ellinger was looking for him. So this is a positive sign for Pittman. You know, it could have been a lot worse. uh, But the fact that, you know, Pittman was able to get that 40% target share from Ellinger, regardless of the fact that it was like a little bit, you know, shorter depth on the shorter depth side, I'm okay with this. This is encouraging for Michael Pittman moving forward.
1: Yeah, what this suggests for me is that, you know, he can continue to produce like he was producing with Matt Ryan, a quarterback. I, I don't think he takes a hit down or I don't think he goes up. I think it's very similar to what we had him at before. I think Michael Pittman's going to continue to produce. He's going to make his money in PPR, catching passes. It might not be so much the deep threat anymore, but I, I think he's still, you know, a threat to score uh, on a deep pass anytime. It's just, it, it might not come with Sam Ellinger, a quarterback, at least these next few weeks. As Sam Ellinger warm, warms up and if they're actually. If the Colts are actually, you know, intending to keep him in the rest of the season, things, the chemistry could build a little bit. If they let that chemistry build, Michael Pittman could get a bump for me in the future. But as things stand right now, I'm valuing Michael Pittman exactly like he was two weeks ago, four weeks ago, and at the beginning of the season.
0: You know, and Ellinger, you know, he didn't look too bad in his debut. You know, I thought he looked no. all right. And, um, you know, I think he can, properly build on that. So not bad at all, but he completed 17 passes on 23 attempts, 74% completion percentage, solid and threw for 200 yards. So, uh, you know, as a Colts fan, like I would be like, you know, that's not bad. That's really no. not bad for, for, for his, for his debut. And you know, he, he only lost by one point. So and,
1: yeah. And late into the game, the Colts actually had, I think it was a 16 to seven lead. So it's yeah. like the, the defense kind of folded. Yeah. The offense didn't produce. And that could have been a reason that Washington was able, they left the door open. Might be why Washington was able to get back into the game, but I'm not, you know, mad about Sam Ellinger. I wasn't expecting really much, so at this point, I think that we can move forward with optimism.
0: The Rams' backfield was an absolute mess this week. Ron- Ronnie Rivers led the backfield. was oh, a great name, by the way, Ronnie Rivers? It sounds like a, it sounds like a like a name from Chippendales. Ronnie Rivers. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> leads the backfield with eight carries. Dal Henderson had four carries malcolm brown yeah. made a comeback with for himself malcolm brown was also their goal back, <laughs> not <laughs> not daryl henderson so right now it's extremely trusted it's hard to trust daryl henderson believe it or not um mm-hmm. and i'd be surprised if the rams don't bring in somebody today in a trade and if they, and if they don't i'll be very surprised that when Kyra williams is healthy that he's going to be extremely involved in this offense
1: yeah so what does this suggest that ronnie rivers was Leading the backfield, that Daryl Henderson had four carries and Malcolm Brown had five. For me, but this suggests is that yes, they're going to bring somebody in. And I think it's going to be Kareem Hunt. I saw a report somewhere that they were linking Kareem Hunt to LA. I think if I they're going to I think if they're going to move for anybody, it's going to be Kareem Hunt. However, this season is kind of slipping away from the Rams. It's not a runaway division that they're in. You know, the, the Seahawks are only two games ahead of the Rams right now. But I look at the future that the Rams have, the draft picks that they have. You know, things aren't working for them right now. I think they can turn around too. But I think it's worth considering, you know, at this point, is it worth going all out and trying to salvage what's left here? You know, maybe lose more draft capital in the process if you're not going to go to the Super Bowl this season. It doesn't look like they have um, the firepower. It doesn't look like they're playing well enough to get to the Super Bowl at this point. Obviously, things can change. I wonder if that might, you know, make them hesitant to pull the trigger on that type of trade. Because I'm not sure what they're asking. I mean, a fourth round pick, you know, if that's what it was rumored to be for Kareem Hunt. But I mean, I'm interested to see how they play that because it seems like they don't, I mean, I don't think they have a first round pick for another few years. Um, So we'll see what they do with that. But I think if they're going to add anybody, like this tells me that Kareem Hunt, say someone like Kareem Hunt joins this offense, he's going to be immediate RB1.
0: 100%. And he'll be a fantasy RB1 as well. And you can say what you want about the offense itself. And Kareem Hunt is that dude.
1: Yeah, and they're lacking in the run game, and that's what's kind of making them one-dimensional dim- one and forcing Matthew Stafford to throw a lot. You know, the offense is missing a piece in the backfield because uh, they don't have a Therrell Henderson. They were banking on Cam Akers being that guy. It didn't work out. Uh, I think that they get Kareem Hunt. It'll make the offense a lot better overall.
0: Garrett Wilson had a pretty good game with Zach Wilson. Um, this was without Corey Davis and without with Elijah Moore only running seven routes. So Elijah Moore is officially... In Robert Sala's doghouse. Yeah. It is what it is. And you know, we'll see if the Jets trade him today. I doubt it. But still, you know, Garrett Wilson, at least we know he can get it done when he's given the targets. Uh he went six for 115 when he's got the targets in the past. He's got it done. So very healthy. I mean, I'm sorry, very uh very good rookie wide receiver. Um, and you know, he's one of the top prospects coming in, and he's going to be a very good NFL wide receiver. Uh so like you know. Garrett Wilson could potentially make his way into being startable at some point right now. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if I trust him or this passing offense at all, but if I see another good game from Garrett, I might be okay with it. And with Corey Davis out potentially again, I might just roll him out there if I need, if I need the help.
1: Yeah. I think that you could do that with Corey Davis out. We just saw what he did this week, obviously. And this, we talk about the Patriots offense defense being good. Um, it's a good Patriots defense. So I wasn't expecting too much from the Jets offense. I think this is about what I expected. I'm not like rooting against your Jets or anything, but
0: that's okay. Bill Belichick. I, I don't take it personally when it comes yeah. to the Jets, man. Bill Bill
1: Belichick, he tends to eat young quarterbacks alive. So <laughs> Zach Wilson also has a bad history against the Patriots, I think, when he has played them. He kind of melts down and he threw three picks. Um, I think not being on the field because he, through all those picks, you know, kind of hurts Garrett Garrett Wilson's upside. You know, if Zach Wilson is going to continue to turn the ball over, um, we could see uh, this offense just kind of lagging behind a little bit in production because they're just not on the field. Um, I like Garrett Wilson, though. I think that he could be a good receiver while, you know, obviously Elijah Moore, like you said, is in the doghouse and Corey Davis is out. I mean, Denzel Mims had that one big catch or two big catches, something like that. So um, maybe look out for him at this point. (laughs) <laughs> um, well, well, the,
0: well I, the Jets ran a bunch of 12 personnel in this game, yeah. uh, you know, but because of the fact that they were okay, just leaving Elijah Moore off the field. Tyler Conklin and CJ Ozama both, you know, Ozama Conklin played 75% of snaps and Ozama played 63% of snaps. So that tells you right there. And Conklin had 11 targets because of his 78% route participation, which he wasn't getting lately. But the fact that they were like, you know what, let's just leave Elijah Moore off the, off the field. We have other good players um yeah so Denzel Mims was the starting wide receiver opposite Gary Wilson um and Braxton Berrios was coming in also before Elijah Moore you know so he's definitely in the doghouse right now and it's possible that if they continue to run a lot of 12 personnel then CJ Ozama should be on the radar um but it seems like a fluid situation to me to see you know what their real personnel packages are going to be for the most part moving forward yeah um Let's see. Let's see if I had anything else to talk about this week. Uh, James Robinson, he made his D- Jets debut. He trailed Michael Carter by two carries in this game. So Carter did see seven targets. And, you know, it's, <laughs> yo, know, dude, the target distribution on the Jets like completely shifted this week. Like it went yeah. all over the place. Like these running backs weren't getting get that many targets. But if Carter's only going to get two more carries than James Robinson in Robinson's first game with them, he, we, we might end up seeing him being the primary guy on early downs at some point. Uh, and it could be soon um yeah. you know it it does suck though like ty johnson was on the field way too much in, in this game like yeah. just get him off the field please like he didn't need to be on the field this much and you know if it's carter and robinson or robinson and carter like that's what you want you don't want a third running back in the mix and that's what that's what it was uh this past week so it seems to me like james robinson might might make his way potentially to that 1a spot on early downs it, it, it is possible um so just keep an eye out on that if you do have james robinson
1: it could be. Uh, I think anything that James Robinson does, though, ultimately, ultimately in that role, he's going to be living in the shadow of Brees Hall, which you know is going to kind of leave people hanging and want more. But um, I, I think that James Robinson, if he does make it his way to that role, it's going to be much like he had in Jacksonville, which is funny to think. You know, he ends up right back in the same situation he was in, even though he did move.
0: On one knee, DK Metcalf led his team in targets uh, with ten. He caught. Six of them for 55 yards and a touchdown. Tyler Lockett, he was having a day to forget, you know, after dropping some key passes. He dropped a touchdown pass at, you know, very unlike him. Uh, But he ended up coming through with the touchdown late, you know. So he came through uh, for the Seahawks. And, you know, it was a very well-timed touchdown pass that he caught. And, you know, as far as DK goes, like, I guess we're starting DK Metcalf. Like, he's just fine. You know, there's probably still some risk associated to that patellar tendon. You know, not being all put together right now, but like he looked just fine. He looked explosive as as explosive as ever in this game.
1: Yeah, he. I didn't think he was going to be playing. I saw him get carted off last week. I'm like, okay, this is it. It's not a shit this time. You know, <laughs> he yeah. is. He's getting carted off, and this is going to be. He's missing some time. I couldn't believe he played. I left him out of my lineup in one league because I was like, okay, he's probably not going to be 100. percent He's producing right. exactly like he was before the injury and the rest of the season. You know, obviously he's not. Game breaking. He's not game breaking receiver right now, um, just because there's plenty of weapons on that offense. Suddenly, um, and Geno Smith does a good job distributing the ball. But this looks like exactly what we had before the injury. So until anything else happens, you know, like you said, let's just ignore the injury. It's DK Metcalf. That, you're going to start him each week. Um, so from now on, yeah, I'm, st- I'm starting him.
0: Yeah, man. Um, that's pretty much all I had. I did want to tell you guys about a few uh, underdog pick-ems that I liked for tonight. Uh, Joe Burrow. Oh, by the way, t- today's Halloween, so we have both orange teams playing against each other, of course, and the orange and black team playing against each other. So, yeah, that's, well, that's hat the, tip Bengals. To the
1: schedule makers.
0: Oh, yeah, <laughs> Bengals and Browns this week division game. Um, so I like Joe Burrow over 15 and a half rushing yards, uh, I like him over 34 and a half pass attempts. He's pretty much done that almost in every game this year. T Higgins over six, 76 and a half receiving yards. I like Tyler Boyd under or at least lower than 64 and a half receiving yards today, just because he has a pretty tough matchup out of the slot. So I'm, I'm, you know, it's hard to go on the lowers here because you always want to just assume that things are going to just go crazy, but that's the lower that I'm going to take in this game. Uh, And then Kareem hunt, who knows what kind of usage he gets today. Does does he get moved? Does he not, you know, if he's not like, if he's active, maybe he doesn't get a ton of work, but I'm looking at 53 and a half scrimmage yards uh, under a uh, lower than 53 and a half scrimmage yards for him in this game. He hasn't got a lot of work over the past two weeks and it could be because they were planning on trading him. So we'll see how yeah. that works out today. Uh, and then I had Donovan Peoples Jones over 45 and a half receiving yards, something he's done uh in almost every game over the past like several weeks. And on top of that, you have Dave, David Njoku out as well. Um, So, you know, a couple more targets going his way. I do like him now. Use a code UpperHand on UnderdogFantasy.com or, or download the Underdog app. Use code UpperHand and you will get your first deposit doubled up to $100. So make sure you use this promo. Uh, take advantage. Enjoy tonight's game. Uh, and we'll be back tomorrow uh, for our Waiver Wire show at 9 a.m. Eastern time right here on YouTube. And it'll be out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well. If you can subscribe wherever you listen, that would mean the world to us. We, 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 would, love, we would love that. We appreciate that. And we'll, we'll see you guys soon. All right. Take it easy. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye.